0: welcome to another edition of Let's Talk About Elderly Care. Today I'm going to be chatting with a carer, a carer that came to Care Campaign for the Vulnerable when she raised issues at her place of work. Today she will discuss how she's finding it difficult to get back in the world of care and why her employer is now her former employer. Today, we talk to Eileen. Hi, Eileen, and welcome to Care Campaign for the Vulnerable. Let's talk about elderly care. Hi, Jane. Thank you for joining us today. You're welcome. Now, Eileen, you came to Care Campaign for the Vulnerable when you had real concerns about issues that you were faced with. I'd like you, obviously... To leave out identity, but I'd like you to explain. Why did you first decide to go into care? Because I was a carer for my mum for ten years, who had a stroke. My dad used to be her carer with my sister. Then my dad died of cancer five years ago. Oh. And then in January this year, my sister had a stroke, and in February my brother had a heart attack. Oh. Gosh. So we could no longer look after my mum because she was a double up. Right. She couldn't walk. So we had to get Brent counselling to look after mum. when you say a double up, you obviously needed more than one carer. Yeah, two people, yeah. Right, okay. So obviously, I'm so sorry to hear that. That must have had an awful strain on your family. So what happened then when you approached Brent and what made you decide to go into care? Well, Brent Council took over looking after mum, two carers, four times a day. And then I was off work, obviously, because of the COVID. And then I saw a sign because it's five minutes from my house, the care home. Mm -hmm. And I saw they were looking for staff. And I thought I could try that, you know, two days a week. So I went to the interview and I started. I love working there. So when you went to the interview, I remember because we have supported you and we're currently supporting you. You said that you had to do some online training. We had to do some e-learning. It took me three days to do the learning. And was that all the learning? I mean when you say that was your training was that completed was that okay yeah I completed everything once that was completed I emailed the home to say I'd done it and then I had to do three days where I worked with a carer just seeing what it was like three 12-hour shifts right okay so you obviously enjoyed it within that period of time I did yeah so leading up to that Can you tell me what made you contact Care Campaign for the Vulnerable? So I got the job two days a week in the care home. They said there would be plenty of shifts for me, which I was happy with. So you were bank, were you? I was bank worker, but he said there'd be plenty of work Mm -hmm. going forward. Right. So I'd done my three-day shifts and then I got the rotor for the month. I was on it two days every week. Right. So I started my first shift on the 1st of July. That was on a Wednesday. I absolutely loved my job. Come home, couldn't stop talking about it. (laughs) Then the following Monday, I went to do a shift in the morning. Mm -hmm. I had to double up with someone because the people on our unit needed two people. Right. Okay. So anyway, I was giving personal care to this lady who had a broken arm and a bruised hip, I noticed. So let me stop you there, Eileen. The client, was it on her care plan that she had a broken arm and a hip? Yes, from a fall. In the home? In the home, yeah. Okay, carry on. So me and this other lady, she was at one side of the bed, I was at the other side of the bed. The lady pulled the carer's hair. So the carer got her hand, put it behind the resident's head and yanked her hair back. And you saw that very vividly? Very vivid. I was so shocked. I mean, I've seen it on the telly and stuff, but I didn't expect to see it. I was so shocked and angry. I said to her, how dare you do that? So when you saw the carer do this awful action towards this vulnerable lady what was her reaction when she saw your reaction there was no reaction she didn't care she just ignored me when i said you can't do that you know that she was an old lady and she didn't deserve to be treated like this she just didn't care what did she say nothing at all nothing at all she didn't say anything so she didn't say to you i haven't done anything i've just pushed her hair back or she didn't respond uh, she didn't respond Okay. You would think, though, listening to what your statement, I think if I was accused of something that may have been misinterpreted, I would have shouted quite loud my innocence. Yeah. You would think, wouldn't you? Yeah. Not just to keep quiet. Yeah. So what happened then, Eileen? So we carried on getting the resident dressed, put her into the chair. As soon as she was safe in the chair, I went straight out and I found the nurse in charge, told her what was happening. She came into the room and said, you know, you can't do this. Then she, the nurse went and got the assistant manager who came up to the unit, asked me what had happened. I'd explained. He said he was going to send her home. So I carried on looking after another lady. And when I came out, she was still on the unit. So when this had been highlighted, the manager said, or or the person in charge said, you know, we're going to deal with this. Assistant manager. He said he was going to send her home, yeah. So obviously there would be an investigation if she's going to be sent home or it would have been looked at further, yes? Well, that's what I thought. And when I came out and saw her still on the unit, I went to him and I said, "I said, what's happening? He said, I spoke to her and she said all she'd done was put her hand at the back of her head and that was it. Right, okay. So you had done your duty, you had seen an abusive action against a vulnerable person, a resident, and you did your duty as a carer. And you reported that abuse to your manager yeah. in charge at the time. Yeah. So when you did that, you would assume when he said, you know, we're going to send her home, she would have gone home straight away. That's what I thought. Right. What happened then? Then the sister manager told me to put a statement under the manager's door, which I did before I left work eight o'clock that night. Right. That was on a Wednesday. The following Monday, I came mm-hmm. to the unit that I was working on. And the other carer was still on the unit. So what you had been told that would happen hadn't happened? Nothing. Nothing at all. Right. So from there, what was your reaction right there? How did you feel about that? Angry. Very angry and mad because how could she still be working on a unit that she'd abused someone? What happened then, Eileen? I went downstairs to the assistant manager and I said to him, you know, what's going on? Why she's she still on the unit? He came upstairs, moved her from one unit onto another and said that I would have a meeting. You would have a meeting? Yeah, to discuss what had happened. Right. But nothing happened. So basically you were told quite rightly that a meeting would be called and... That didn't happen? No, didn't happen. So what was the next event? What happened then? So I told my husband what had happened because no meeting had took place and I was worried about the resident. So we phoned up safeguarded at Brent. Right. And they said that they would look into it. Okay. But no one got back to us. So what was your next step? My next step, when I went to work the following week, I got called into the manager's office as I went to work. The assistant manager was present as well. And they asked mm-hmm. me why I'd contacted Brent Safeguard and the QCK, why I'd contacted them. How dare I? It was his job and his job only. My job was only to tell of the incident. And then I don't need to know anything else. Nothing else is my business. He would deal with it. I mean, from your account, when you did tell him, he didn't follow through no. because the carer was still working. Was still working now. Right. So I think anybody that hears your account to this would say, well, actually, you've got a fair point. You know, there's still somebody working there that you saw abuse, allegedly abuse, an elderly vulnerable person. So what happened then? I carried on doing my shifts for the month. And then on the following month, on the 3rd of August, I went into work. And then I was told by the assistant manager when I got in, there was no work for me. I asked why. And he said that the rotors had been done for the months and that he didn't need me. He said he'd email or phone me when they needed me, but they didn't call. So basically, when you went to work and you went for shift, yeah, what did he say? There was no work for me. I wasn't on the rotor this month. They didn't need me. What did that lead you to believe? It's because I whistleblowed. So what happened then? As I say, he said he'd email or contact me. He, nothing happens. Then I sent an email to the manager asking for a meeting, which he agreed. And I said, "Could I bring my husband with me?" Mm-hmm. So we went into the meeting. The assistant manager was present too. I asked him why I had no work and why was the carer still working there that abused somebody? Yeah, I'm a whistleblower, and I had no work. Sorry, what was the reply? He had no more work for me. So. That was it. There was no, no. comeback, Nothing. No. Did you say, you know, is this because I've raised issues? I did. He didn't answer. I asked about the resident as well, you know, how she was doing, if her family had been informed and telling them that she didn't eat or drink that day. The day it happened, she didn't eat or drink anything. I was in charge of looking after all the paperwork for six residents and she was one of my residents. And she didn't eat or drink all day. And she loves a cup of tea. Did you raise that in your concerns? I did. I even put it in the paperwork and I also told the nurse in charge that day that she didn't eat or drink and I was worried about her. Right. So what happened then, Eileen? In the meeting, he just said that Brent Safeguarding and the QCQ have been informed. You mean the CQC? Yeah, sorry. sorry, yeah. They said they were happy the way everything was dealt with. Okay. In the home. So in retrospect, he was saying he had done the investigation, he had made and implemented the investigation, and as far as he was concerned, it had been sorted. Yeah. So do you know if the carer was still there? Yeah, the carer was still there, yeah. And what did he say to you about she's going nowhere? Because I know when I supported you... He said that the carer who abused her, he sent on a training course to which I replied... You know, she's already had training before she took the job. So she must know what she's done. You know, we stood up to leave. My husband said he'd have her job and his job because we didn't believe what he was saying and we were worried about the lady. Mm -hmm. And he said, both of them, him and the assistant manager said that she was an end-of-life patient with uh, dementia. So it did manage, ate or drunk. I was so mad. My husband taped it. So the manager said, To you in that meeting and your husband, that it didn't matter if a dementia resident didn't eat or late stage end of life didn't eat or drink. That's right. And we've got Um, it on tape. Okay. Was the elderly lady, Eileen, able to eat and drink? Yeah, you give her a food and she would eat and drink. Yeah. Right. Not that day. What was on her care plan did it say nil by mouth? No. Right. We could eat and drink cuz we just had to write down how many cups of tea she had, you know, what milligrams and what her food was for the day. Okay. So what happened then? Then we went to the police station. That was across the road. Exactly across it? the road the police station. Yeah. Can I just stop you there, yeah. Eileen? Why did you feel the need to go across to the police station? Cuz I didn't feel like anything was getting done. I didn't believe Were you worried for the lady? I was worried for the lady and all the other residents in the home. What did the police say to you? The police actually said they phoned the home and the home said that they'd dealt with it and they said there's nothing they could do. They gave me a crime reference number and we left. Okay. Was that when you contacted me, Eileen? Yeah. First we searched for the home Yeah, don't say the name. Okay. And then we managed to find the area manager's details? Mm -hmm. My husband called him and he had no idea about the incident and said he didn't know anything about what was happening in the home. To his knowledge, nothing had happened. And he said he'd get back to us, which he did. Right. And he said that the manager was gone. Right. So I want to go back a bit because you contacted Care Campaign for the Vulnerable. We did, yeah. So had you contacted the CEO before us? Because I know that we made contact for you. We did. We contacted them. And as soon as we'd done that, my husband found the care campaign and he sent you all the information. Right. Because when we received that information, we called you. And we were very, very concerned yeah. with the attitude of the manager, weren't we? Yeah, definitely. Um, and obviously the safeguarding of that vulnerable lady yeah. and others. We were really in your corner. Yeah. As soon as we passed but all what- the information to you by magic, the QCQ... The CQC. sorry. That's okay. We just want to make it it right for the podcast. Yeah, they decided to look into it, you know, more seriously. Was that when we came on board? That's when you came on board. As soon as you came on board, everything started to get serious. We found out that the manager had gone. And a week later, the assistant manager had left too. Okay. So let's start from there again. When Care Campaign for the Vulnerable got involved, action did seem... To fast forward. Definitely, yeah. I did myself, with your permission, I contacted the CEO yeah. or the managing director of the provider. Yeah. And I've actually, with Care Campaign, we've had a couple of incidents over the years with this provider. So I had his email. Yeah. So I contacted him and raised awareness to the issue and how concerned we were. And I did receive an email Within five minutes, back. Yeah, saying thank you very much. We take these allegations very seriously, and we will get the area manager to now take over and to get a meeting. And true to form, they made contact with me, and we arranged a meeting, didn't we? We In your home. So, from that stage, explain to me what happened then. From the meeting, he said that. I'd be a great person to be working for that company. Which I heard him say. Yeah, he was sorry what I'd had to experience. And then he said that he would get in contact and find out all the information. And I just asked him about work. You know, would I have any more work? And he said that I have to deal with HR. I was in that meeting with you, you were. Eileen. And I actually took the impression that he did apologise. Yeah. And he did say that it was from your account, that it was unacceptable what was being said. And he did say that it would be dealt with in the strictest terms. He did also state, because I think at that stage, we were worried with how you were being treated after whistleblowing. And he did actually agree that that shouldn't have happened if you were promised work. Would you agree with that Yes, definitely, yeah. Okay. So from that meeting, he actually did say, and I said, you know, we wanted to ensure that you were treated fairly, that once the investigation had been completed, that you could be offered more shifts. Would you agree with that? So what happened then? I had a meeting with HR on the 3rd of September. At At the the home. home? Yeah expressing my concerns, you know, that I wasn't on the rotor, so I've had no work since I'd done the whistleblowing. They said that they'd done the rotor for September, but they'd see if they could get me in for October. I've heard nothing. I've emailed them, nothing. So you went back as a responsible carer, yeah. doing your duty, and I commend you for that. And you then wanted to get more shifts. And I do know, because I've I've had many talks with you heileen over the phone and met you that you actually loved your job and it was actually very sad to see how upset you were so before i talk to you about you and all this how has it left i mean when you came back from the meeting and they said well you know come and ask again in october have you gone back and asked is there any shift i've emailed i've heard nothing from them So many emails. Okay. So would you take from that that they're ignoring me? They are ignoring me. Okay. So first of all, how do you feel about raising awareness to an abusive action from another care worker? How do you feel now about that? Oh, I'm glad I've done it. I would do it again tomorrow. You know, it's my duty to look after them residents. I'm not going to let anything happen to them. while they're in my care. Well I would say the vast majority of good dedicated care workers would have your ethos now. So what do you see now happen? What's happening now? I'm not going to go obviously if they beg me now I wouldn't go back there. I'm going to find another caring job. I do enjoy it. I'm going to find another home. Well I think the sector would be a very sorry place without you and people like you. Can I just ask obviously with the worries and concerns that you have. Did the senior management team write to you, get back to you, reassure you? No, I didn't even know. Nothing from that meeting meeting we we had. had, Only the HR, that was it, nothing else. I have to pass that home every day because I live five minutes around the corner and I just look up at that, I look up at the window and it makes me feel so sad. Yeah, I can imagine how that would make you feel. If you could have a choice, Eileen, what would you like to see happen in care homes for carers? What protection? They have to help the whistleblowers. Because we're there to help the residents. And without us, people aren't going to whistleblow. I worry for the residents. Right. I mean, that's a real sort of issue, isn't it? When carers are told in best practice how to whistleblow. And obviously, care homes do have steps in place to be able to whistleblow. And then when you do, you're treated very poorly. Yeah. So what would you advise other carers? Because obviously, on our podcast, we get many carers listen to it. What would you say to carers who are in your situation? I would say to whistleblow. We have to whistleblow. We have to look after the residents who can't look after themselves. And um, what would you say of a carer? Because I know I've put a couple of carers your way, Care campaign for the vulnerable. We've had many carers contact us and we actually send them your number to talk to. Yeah, you. I've spoken to a few. They just tell me everything that, you know that's been gone on and it's quite sad. Is it similar to your accounts? It is similar, yeah. So they've actually been ostracised for raising awareness to abuse and yeah, they've got no more work. It's the same. Everyone's got the same story. Got no more work from the home. that They've raised issues. If you could say something to the manager that had the meeting with us that day, and then I think we're going to leave yeah. it there. But if, if you could have the last word to this manager that came to that meeting, what would you say to him, Eileen? I'd tell him to get some CCTV in all homes, in every single room so we can see what's going on. So that would be the fact that you would endorse safety monitoring in the care of vulnerable. 100%. Can I just tell you something else? When I passed the care home on the 14th, there was an advertising board on saying 100% record, 100% safe, effective, caring, responsive and well-led. We phoned up the QCQ and two days later they had to take it down. The same home. So you phoned up the CQC and you complained about the good rating across the board for safe. Right. And they took two days later. Well, I I commend you, Eileen. I commend you for standing firm and not allowing yourself to be bullied and by standing by your conviction that what you saw was wrong. Yeah, it was terrible thing to say. As I said, I never expected to see it. You know, I've seen it on the TV, which, you know, you see it on the CTV, don't you, on the deli? But I didn't actually to see it. I was just so shocked. I don't think I'll ever get over it. And I feel so sorry for that resident. And I hope to God that her family know what's happened, you know. Eileen, I'd like to thank you for talking to Care Campaign for the Vulnerable today. I know it's not easy, but I think you're going to help many, many people in the sector who want to speak out about Abuse and neglect that can happen in care homes. So, can I just take this opportunity to thank you for what you did and to basically say to the provider who, you know, in your account stopped giving you shifts for whistleblowing, you know, they've missed out on a very, very dedicated, conscientious care worker, and that's their loss. So, Eileen, can I say thank you very much for talking to us today? Thank you to you, Jane, for all your help. Thank you.